Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Clap, slap, slap. Les différents podcasts de frappe. Arsenal have been through their mile and a half of pipe like Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption where you have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. El podcast de golpe diferente. But Arsenal are going through their pipe, like I say. We'll be back. The Different Knock Podcast. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. Well, hello and welcome back to the Different Knock pre-match podcast, the newest spin-off from your favourite Arsenal-based podcast. And I'm absolutely delighted to say that I have Joshua from Whole Lot of Wolves in Houston, Texas here with me tonight for me, this afternoon for him, to do a little pre-match for you guys. Hi, mate. Lovely to have you on. Hey, how's it going? I uh, really appreciate uh, you letting me come on and... Talk a little Wolves in uh, a big game coming up on Thursday for both of our teams. Yeah, an absolutely massive game. Before we get kind of into the nitty gritties of it, though, I would love to hear more about yourself and how you got into English football. But also, and this is no disrespect to Wolves because it's a club I quite admire. Why Wolves? <laughs> <clears throat> So look, I'm a typical American, right? So I love international soccer, love Team USA. I've been wanting to find my own club to root for in the EPL. Um, thought about Chelsea once uh, Pulisic went over there, but I got FIFA because my daughter really got into soccer when she was about eight years old. And we went to some Houston Dynamo games out here. Mm -hmm. And she usually can't stand live sports. And she loved the Dynamo. So we went all the time. So I got FIFA and was playing it. And, you know, I want to find a team. Oh, let's see. Who's got a cool logo? Who's got cool uh, cool kits? Ah, Wolves. These look uh, pretty good. And it was when they were in the championship. Wow. And so I kind of... I, I wasn't watching many games, but I was kind of loosely following them. On Twitter, uh, I thought their social media account was fantastic. And then they got promoted. And then that first year was really exciting. I mean, made it to the FA Cup semifinals. Um, ended up finishing seventh place to earn a Europa bid. And I started kind of searching out for Wolves fans here in Houston. And I found Houston Wolves. And, man, the rest is history. I love it. That is amazing. I do love kind of the international, um, almost allure and fan base of sport. I think there's a lot of snobbery out there. But what I often find, and this is a massive compliment to you and all the people that follow it from around the world, is often they are more committed fans than a hell of a lot of English fans of clubs. You guys have to get up <laughs> at, uh, and uh, apologize. I'll apologize now to my listeners for that for that blasphemy against English shorts. Um, but you guys have to get up at, at, God, crazy times to to follow along with these games. There are some 6.30 games wow. here in Central Time Zone, which are rough. I remember last year I was in Vegas for my 40th birthday, and I had to wake up at 4 o'clock for the um, 
Wolves West Brom game, which was oh, it, that was a rough that was a rough wake up call. But yeah, luckily it's usually eight o'clock. We get have the games out here. Sometimes uh, we have those ten thirty kickoffs, which are nice. Um, so eight nine o'clock, but it's not too bad. And I think a reason American fans really get into they're really starting to discover how fun soccer is. And the mm. fact that you see a lot of the American games out here, like American football, baseball, you're talking three, three and a half hours, ton of commercial breaks. Whereas soccer is great for us. It's 45 minutes, short little halftime, 45 minutes, and you're done. And there's, because of the fact that there's not as much scoring it, to me, it makes the games more intense. Mm. And, it's easy to really latch on to that, especially once you find a, a team that you can really invest in. Oh, God, yeah. I guess it's it's the whole the whole jeopardy side of things, you know, because those yeah. scoring moments are... I went through a bit of a basketball phase, and for some reason, because I visited New Orleans, decided to become a Pelicans fan, which is the worst decision oh, I've ever made in my life. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, that, was, that was horrendous. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah it... it one thing that always kind of struck me from that is obviously you see the scores, but the amount that the ball goes in the basket, it starts, the allure starts to wash off very quickly, especially in game. Yeah, it does. Um, but yeah, all right, let's, let's get on to a bit of preview. Um, yeah, now, let's go. For, for somebody like my, I know, unfortunately, scarcely little about Wolves purely because, and they've been in the, the league for such a long time. So it's, it's quite lazy of me. But I think that they um they 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 suffer from a bit of a from a bit of a reputation of being that kind of Portuguese club. Uh, who, oh, they're Portuguese. Yeah, yeah who, they're they're Portugal FC. Who ju- who just <laughs> sit back and hit you on the counter. And one thing I'd love to discuss with you is the introduction of your brilliant new manager, Bruno Large, who I don't know if you ever saw this, but there was a graphic released over here by someone and it was um the 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 worst it was a poll done on the worst managers in the premier league and bruno large and Mikel arteta were bottom and i saw that what a, what a job bruno large has done with with wolves you know to my eye large has turned you into a much more dynamic team with with much more structure in build up and in passing phases rather than just a, a solid defensive unit that counters, which which you still do have in your bag, but I'd love to hear mm-hmm. kind of what you've seen him bring because I mean that's literally from just a quick ninety minute watch when we played. So I'd love to know more about what he's right. brought to you guys. Yeah, so obviously Nuno, who's a legend over in Wolverhampton, um, he did he he preferred sitting back and attacking with the counter. And when we had Jada and Raúl, that was um, really perfect system to run. Um, last year after you guys, uh, took down, uh, Raul, David, oh, Luiz God. Can, uh, honestly, you know. <laughs> I, I, I was watching that game live and I can attest like my, uh, my, my own horror mm-hmm. during that moment was, yeah, it, was it, was, awful. it was awful. That was awful. So I think at that point, because we, we were trying to rely on Fabio Silva, who was only 17 at the time, we kind of saw that wolves, if they don't have, that outlet to get to, I mean, they were toothless. And it was a rough season last year. It was very painful to watch um, because it was a lot. There was no scoring. 
they did well on defense like they normally do, but there was no scoring. So when Nuno left, they brought in Lodge, who his he was selling the fact that, hey, I'm going to come in here and we're going to play a more uh, aggressive style. And you really saw that in the first three games, which you could argue Wolves really controlled, but they lost 1-0 in all three of those games. And so people were like, well, I don't know. Is, is this guy cut out for the Premier League? What's been really exciting about Lodge is he's managed to keep that defense from last year while also finding ways to get the wingers a little bit more involved and kind of allowing for more of a smooth passing game. Yeah, and I mean, even the stats bear that out. I think you've got like the third best defense in the league. And in the... In Europe. In in Europe, wow. That's that's amazing. Well, also... You know, Jose Sarr from obscurity to the second best goalkeeper in the world by stats uh, and by post shot XG is is another sensational move by the club. You know, you really do have a way of hoovering up that that Portuguese talent. It's it is amazing. Yeah, what's interesting about Jose Sarr, so if you're looking what Bruno's doing right now, it's mostly with Nuno's players. I mean, there are very few. Mm. Basically Huang Hee Chan and uh, Jose Saar, the only two that were brought in as like Bruno guys. And we didn't know what to expect from Jose Saar and getting rid of Patricio, who had done such a spectacular job for us in the Premier League. People were worried and Jose Saar has has easily been one of the top three players from Wolves. Just spectacular and people feed off of his energy, too. Mm, yeah, he's a real character. Yeah. And you see, um, like, I, I watched you absolutely destroy uh, my very close rival, uh, Spurs, um, uh, brilliantly. It was, you, you played some that of was the, a great the, game. The, the best, the best, you, play, you played some of the best football I've seen Wolves play. And Jose saw you see moments after saves where he, there is, there is such an energy and a rock that comes um, from him. And I guess now the kind of the, the, the question that burns kind of in my mind is where do Wolves go from here? And I know this is an Arsenal based podcast that we're talking a hell of a lot about Wolves, but I, I really enjoy it because I think that, you know, we've seen Leicester and for me, it feels like the Leicester fairy tale is kind of coming to a bit of a, a downturn, a bit of a close. Whereas the way that Wolves seem to have been run and the smart acquisitions, I don't see that that level of drop-off coming anytime soon. And with both clubs, you know, very much still in for a shout of Champions League football. Absolutely. But even if you discount that with a with a more, there's a there's almost a greater opportunity of Europa League football. I guess I wonder where you see this this Wolves project going. Because for an Arsenal fan, there's always the the ambition or the idea of we're building back to the top, we're building to challenge for titles. But I just wonder where you guys feel that your club is going. Well, when I was picking a club, I didn't want to get one of the big six squads uh, like Arsenal being. It, because I kind of like the underdog feel, and that's what Wolves really are, mm. is an underdog feel to it. This is a big week for Wolves because we got Arsenal and West Ham. Those are five and six, Wolves mm. sitting at seven. If Wolves have a way to win that game, they could be sitting fourth or fifth. Um, same with uh-huh. you guys. If you Arsenal. win both easily. Yeah, yeah, same with, uh-huh. 
And I, I would argue right now, I mean, obviously, Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, I think we would both agree those deserve to be the top three spots. Mm. I think Arsenal and Wolves should be 4-5. Uh, I mean, that's that's the way they've been playing yeah. lately. On current form, I don't think you can deny that. Whilst I think Man United have had some poor results, they're not playing that badly, but they're nowhere near what you would call the nailed on spot for fourth. I think West Ham had a good start, but like I think a lot of people thought at the beginning of the season, uh, it's the squad depth that's killing them being in still being in three competitions. And it's definitely currently advantage to Arsenal and Wolves. You know, both Mm -hmm. of us are only in the Premier League. You guys have got an FA Cup run, but that won't interfere much. And with, that's over now. Games. Yeah, the FA Cup. Uh, oh, did you go out? Yeah, yeah they lost to uh, Norwich City 1-0 of all teams. Oh, God. <laughs> well, of all teams. But even then, that just means we've just got a, uh, seven days between games most of the time. It's 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 really exciting. And as as a, as a neutral and somebody who I love football for football, when I, whenever there's a, a big soccer Saturday over here, I tend to watch four or five games mm-hmm. on three different screens. Just consuming it um and i do love wolves i love ruben neves as well what you can't player. have him i know what you're gonna say next no you I, can't have him <laughs> i i hope that an, a, a, an agreement is is made that that suits both parties because <laughs> i what i watched him in the game against us and then i watched him in the game against spurs and he is a special talent and i, I had my reservations uh before the before the season even kicked off because we were linked to him. Uh, and I think you, under Large especially, and I think it's credit to him and the work that he's come in and done, He's he's gone up levels. Absolutely. He's completely stepped it up a different level. Him and Max Kilman are probably the two most improved oh, yeah. guys uh, under Lodge and honestly the two best players this year for Wolves. I don't know where their defense would be without those two guys. Yeah. Um, it's... I mean, it is it is something to to behold almost because I think we see the Premier League as this big bad wolf. You know, <laughs> can can Bruno Large come and cut it in the Premier League? Can Ruben Neves? Can all of these people come and and cut it in this in this league? But people like Bruno Large have shown that you can come into a squad that's very much set set in a style build on that mm-hmm. and succeed. And I, I really don't think it would be too far a shout that if you finished even in just a Europa League spot, the Bruno Large should be in a, in a shout uh, for manager of the year. And I'd, I'd say the same if maybe if David Moyes got West Ham around the same area or around the, the Champions League spots, you know, with the when you look at the levels of, of, of budget, when you look at the operating levels, the work that, that the Large is doing is is... Very, very good for the amount of time he's been here. And um, I do have one final question on the preview for you that I would like your honest answer. Absolutely. In our last grudge match, (laughs) there was a very controversial decision. (laughs) Was it a red card? Absolutely. I mean, those are two for sure yellows back to back. I mean, he knew what he was doing on the second one. I, so I and and I do understand where Arsenal was coming from as far as saying, well, you should be you should get that yellow card and have a chance to be warned before getting mm. another one. It was just so bang bang, and 
Yeah, I, I saw nothing wrong with it. Now, credit to Arsenal. When they went down a guy, I Wolves were attacking hardcore. I mean, we oh. we practically ran a 4-2-4, and they held on. And so I know Ruben Neves and Connor Cody were a little upset at the way Arsenal was celebrating after the game. Yeah. I felt like Arsenal had every right to celebrate that. Like yeah. and if and if if Ruben Neves and Connor Cody, if they have a problem with it, well then they can beat Arsenal on Thursday. That's the way I look at it. But yeah, on that, the more I watch the Martinelli incident, it's hard to disagree that they're two yellow card challenges. Mm-hmm. They definitely are. I think the one thing that would just prevail for me is is almost I would just cry out for a bit of common sense refereeing and it's the it's his first two fouls of the game. Give him a yellow card and a stern talking to because it's it's more for me an orange for those two incidents, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. than a red. Um, but I can I can easily see why the arguments made that, you know, the flick in the face and then it's the second one's a, a definite yellow card. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think we could have. On, on review, I VAR'd it. I don't really think we can have many complaints. No. But How do you think the yeah. officiating's been? Because us as Wolves fans, I, some of the officiating this year has been oh, it's atrocious. awful. Just oh, positively my, awful. My friend, as an Arsenal fan, that you're, you're confronted with it every day. In our last game against Bre- uh, Brentford, we had four penalty claims all turned down. And at least you could at least make an argument that all four of them should have been given. You could. There is an argument and a conversation to be had. One of them as well was one of the most blatant handballs you'll ever see. Oh, yeah, I saw that one. It was looked at by VAR, and they decided it wasn't even a penalty, you know. But there is is news that, um, I believe it's the FA, they're starting a new refereeing program, which will hopefully, in the coming years, start to increase... The levels of officiating we're seeing because for the most expensive kind of for the most profitable league in the world for us to be still dealing with this is is mental yeah it's awful i mean you saw i don't know if you saw our second game against man city where we lost one nil i mean motinho got called for a handball which didn't even hit his, his lower arm it hit his side and they called the handball in the box and that's how man city won one nil on a penalty just it's yeah it's good to hear another fo- another a football fan of another club say that as well, because I often feel in my little echo chamber <laughs> of Arsenal fans that I'm like, there's an agenda, the referees are terrible, and it's just not true. But it's, yeah, I, something is being done, which is good, and, and hopefully yeah. we, we can move on from this era of just absolutely diabolical officiating. So there was another one. I don't know if you saw it in the Manchester United Leeds game <laughs> where Scott McTominay basically elbowed by accident somebody in the face, split his head open, and he didn't even get a yellow card. Yeah, it's crazy. It, the it guy's really bleeding is. on the floor. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll, before this turns into a mega <laughs> rant, I, I'll, I'll need, I need to move myself on. So we'll just move on to the game mm-hmm. in context. Arsenal's last five is two wins, uh, two wins, two draws, and a loss. Wolves's is three wins and two losses. Now, like you said earlier, we're sitting sixth. Uh, you guys are sitting seventh, but only two points between us. But we do have a game in hand. We do have hand. a game in hand, yeah. But as we've seen with Tottenham Hotspur, who had three games in hand, sitting seventh, and they now sit eighth. Anything can happen. For sure. Sorry, I had to. I had to. I could not <laughs> miss the opportunity for a dig. Real real quick um, on Spurs. Uh, 
you've got to be as annoyed as I am that Conte, once they beat uh, Man City, they were acting like he was the greatest manager. Number one, it took a Harry Kane, you know, just spectacular header to even get the win. But it, it frustrated me as a Wolves fan because I'm like, Lodge pulled his pants down the week before. Yeah. Like straight up. It's, and it, uh, it's uh, yeah. Conte and Spurs has always been uh, just a barrel full of gunpowder that is going to explode. You know, the listeners of, of us will know my opinions on the move. I think he'll be gone by the end of the season. Probably. I don't think he's going to be there long. Mm-mm. And it's not even that it just took moments of brilliance from the, the, the good players that Spurs have, but also Man City were awful. Mm-hmm. Their centre-backs didn't... It was genuinely like they plucked two midfielders to play at centre-back. <laughs> it was horrendous and such a shame for the two of us who kind of wanted a result for City so we could build a little bit of a cushion on them. So Wolves fans, when they were leaving uh, the Spurs stadium, you know, Spurs tried to get Adama and Adama was like, nah. Mm. And that's been my favorite player. So I'm I'm very upset still that he went off to Barcelona now. But the Wolves fans, and when they were leaving, they said, um, uh, Adama's right, Spurs are shite. <laughs> and they started chanting it <laughs> while they were leaving oh, the stadium. It. I love it. This that that makes that makes me a very very happy man. Um, now now as we've we've already kind of spoken about and covered, this is a this is a very important game for both clubs. Absolutely. It could either see Arsenal build another uh, another three point gap uh, between that kind of fifth sixth to to Wolves, or if Wolves win it. They they start to really creep up on Arsenal and West Ham and other clubs. It seems like the most open top four race, uh, if for for a long time for me, it seems like there are four if not five clubs that could get that fourth spot, which for me is incredibly exciting. But I guess the the main thing is how likely do you feel that with your run of games and your fixture list, you'll be able to mount a serious challenge for that top four. Well, Wolves always have to be a little worried because we have such a small squad. Um, And they didn't make any real moves in the January transfer window. Now, the big revelation that came from Sunday's game is Pedro Neto came in for the first Mm -hmm. time in 10 months, uh, came in late in the game, and he looked great. We were expecting, you know... Somebody, I mean, he had a broken kneecap. We were expecting somebody that's like 70% only getting like a few minutes at the end of the game. And he was flying around like normal. So suddenly we got him coming back. Uh, You know, Johnny's coming back. I don't really know what role he's going to fill there. Um, Wolves have a shot. These next two games will absolutely say, if they lose both the games, no, I'll say they probably the best they'd be looking at would be eighth maybe seventh, but these next two games, Thursday and Sunday, they win those. I I really think worst case scenario, Wolves are going to finish sixth. That is, that is amazing for a club that you consider what was it? Is it three or four seasons ago? We're in the championship. Yeah. yeah, Four. Mm -hmm. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, it really is. For Arsenal, I, I definitely think there's a, a big possibility we could snatch up that top four. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a lot of games in hand on West Ham and United at the moment. I think it's three on United and yep. two on West Ham. Three on both of them. 
three on both mm-hmm. of them. And and we've also got a lot like we're not that far away from them points wise, which isn't which is a good thing. But as we've seen, you know, games in hand don't always pan out the way that we expect. Right. And we've still got to play the North London derby and a few other difficult fixtures. But I guess for both teams, there seems to be, for me, some really eerie similarities in that both clubs have the opportunity to take this season and use it as a springboard mm-hmm. to build better almost. You know, Arsenal finish uh, in the Europa League spots or the Champions League spots. Again, it finances our moves for strikers in the summer or other positions. And and the same with Wolves, you know, with Adama Traore going out, with a new manager in who hasn't been able to bring in a lot of his own players. Finishing in a Europa League spot for Wolves could really, really mean an influx of finance that could help propel them above the likes of Leicester and of West Ham, who could fall by the wayside. How about how about this? This could be between us. Whoever finishes higher gets Renato Sanchez. That is very true, and that is a pl- that. And I, I, I do. Yeah, not well about that. Your huh? Connections to Portugal. <laughs> no, I hadn't. But I even think with your connections to Portugal and George Mendes, you could even finish below us and still get him if you're in a European competition. Well, they had him all set to go at the end of the summer transfer window on a loan, but they didn't like his medicals when they came back. So mm. uh, Wolves fans weren't really pleased about that, and I don't know if we'll we'll end up getting him. But I know the the two EPL teams that are always talked with him are Arsenal and Wolves. So Wolves, it could yeah, come down to whoever, it could. yeah, whoever's going to get the most money from that European football. Well, we will have to see. It's going to be a fascinating few months of football. And uh, I'm very excited for this game to play out. So I guess we should get on with it and, <laughs> and do some predictions. Yeah. Uh, as, as, as you are the guest, I, I would like to give you the opportunity to go first uh, for a predicted score and a predicted lineup of your team. If you would like me to go first to give you the chance to think, I'm more than happy to. Well, the predicted lineup, I think uh, they seem to have something going right now with the the 3-5-2. So in the back, they'll keep Saiz, Cody, and Max Kilman, And then probably Aitnery, Motinho, um, Neves, Dendonker, and Semedo. Semedo and Aitnery as the wingbacks. Mm. And then Potence and Raul up top. And it's not a true 3-5-2 because Potence basically goes wherever he wants. So he's not necessarily mm. slotting beside Raul. He's all over the field. Um, we don't think Pedro Neto's ready to start yet. The only change I could see them possibly making would be taking Motinho out and perhaps putting Huang Hee Chan up there to run a 3-4-3. But I think most of us um, are really thinking it's going to be that 3-5-2 again. Okay. That's That's really interesting. And I guess... It's going to be really interesting to see the way that you guys approach the game tactically. I don't know if you if you have any thoughts on how you think they'll set up to try and try and almost counter what happened at Molyneux. That was such an interesting game, especially once the red card came out. So I don't think mm. you can really look at tactics there late. Um, they may try and be a little more aggressive early, Wolves might be. Um, but defensively, I mean, I think they'll probably try and do very similar to that first Arsenal game because it worked. It did. It did. You know, it it took a a bit of a scrappy corner goal. Mm -hmm. 
with a, a lucky flick on from Lacazette to to get that goal. And as we've seen with with Wolves this year, um, you know, you've I think I don't even think you've conceded two goals in a game this season. Have you? Yes, we Maybe have. Believe it or, or believe it or not, Brentford was one of those. <laughs> Crikey, <laughs> of course, yeah. It's always the way, isn't it? Yeah. You'll keep Man City to a one nil, but can mm-hmm. see two or three to to a, a silly, yeah. a silly opponent. Oh, Ivan Tony just um, bossed us around that game, so it was nice when we got our revenge yeah. once the drone left the field. Ah, ah. Well, I can, I can, after our last result, very much say it is very nice to steal revenge from from Brentford. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I think that this has uh, a score draw written all over it. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be one all. Um, and I, for the Arsenal team, I think it's going to be the same team that's been playing the last few weeks. There's a possibility that our right back Tommy Asu's back in for the game, but he hasn't spent a lot of time in training and, and our, our cover Cedric has looked okay. So I think we'll basically see the same team. And, and this for me has just gotten a, a one all written all over Completely it. Completely. I agree. wonder, what do you think? This, yeah, yeah. I think it is going to be that score draw because... Both teams have been quite resilient mm-hmm. in the last kind of eight games at the back. And I can't, I can't see, it's either going to mean, it's going to be, uh, for me, it's going to be a draw, whether it's a, a nil-nil or 1-1. Mm-hmm. I just don't see, I don't see Arsenal scoring more than one goal and I can see Arsenal conceding a goal. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah. Yeah, both uh, me and Paul from our podcast, Whole lot of Wolves, and then our guest that was on, all three of us picked a draw. The guest picked a nil-nil, and then Paul and I picked 1-1. It does, and it may be one of those in the second half, if it is 1-1. I think both teams may kind of sit back and be happy with that one point. Yeah. Um, especially knowing Wolves have West Ham, which is the biggest game of the year for them, absolutely. Mm. And, uh, you know, a draw does kind of suit both parties. Mm-hmm. I, I think maybe around 70 points will clinch you that fourth spot this season. And for Arsenal, that's, I think in our last games, that's either eight or nine wins and a draw. So if we, uh, notching up that draw against the tough opponent wouldn't, wouldn't be the, the worst thing in the world. Um, but I guess for the rest of the season, where both teams will just be playing cup finals to try and sneak into those spots. Um, but yeah, that, well, that is everything I think we've got to cover today. Uh, thank you so much for coming oh, on. Oh, thanks, this Bradley. Yeah. An, a, a, this has been an absolute <laughs> blast. And please, all of you guys, uh, head over to Whole Lot of Wolves on Twitter, on any of their um channels or on I'm not sure where you stream but kind of Spotify yeah we Spotify music give them a follow Mm -hmm. give them a follow have a listen share with your friends from Wolves thank you so much Joshua for coming on it's it's been actually really great to talk to you and 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 get to know someone else this is the first time I've had a guest on (laughs) on the pre-match show that wasn't a friend of mine so it's it's and it's also really fascinating to learn more about about a really really interesting club so thank you so much for coming on. Uh, if you just want to uh, plug any of the socials or any of the links that you have, please feel free. Yeah, so uh, on this week's Whole lot of Wolf podcast, obviously, we, we talked about the Arsenal game. We also played a game as far as who has the best hair on Wolves squad. So uh, that's the kind of stuff we like to throw in there on Whole lot of Wolves. And that's uh, WLW Pod on Twitter. Um, you can find us. I'm on there. I'm on Twitter as well, uh, at Joshua Buckley. 
And yeah, we, we have a new episode every week, and hopefully we'll have some good episodes coming up. I would be okay. Yeah. I would be okay with one point from from you guys as long as we can get those three against West Ham, which I'm sure you guys would well, be all about too. Oh, I would love that, and I guess we will see, my friend. But uh, I believe that is it for today. So thank you very much for listening. Please head to our links on Twitter to buy me a coffee or our Patreon. Keep it Diffnock, and we'll see you later. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com, find us on Twitter at Diffnock, and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. We all have tasks we'd like to avoid, like mailing and shipping. It takes time lugging all those letters and packages to the post office. That's why you should try Stamps.com. For 25 years, Stamps.com has made mailing and shipping easy. You get all the services of the post office right on your computer, anytime. No traffic, no waiting, no hassle. Plus, you save money with discounts up to 84% on USPS and UPS. With Stamps.com, all you need is a computer and printer. Print stamps, print shipping labels, and if you sell products online, Stamps.com connects with every major marketplace and shopping cart, so you can spend less time on shipping and more time on your business. Get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus postage and a digital scale. Just go to stamps.com and enter code PROGRAM. Sports Social Podcast Network.